so glad you're here today. Jesus is making it really clear as to what we have to do to make sure that when we stand before him that day, he doesn't say, away from me, I never knew you. You do not want to hear him say that. And, and he doesn't want to say that. And so he's giving us heads up what we need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen. So let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We acknowledge you today. We thank you for your correction, for the revelation knowledge you're giving us, for the warning, for, for the constant, constant reminders. We thank you, Lord, that your, your life is all about us. You are all that we care about, and you're doing everything you can to get a message to us, a clear message as to how to stand before you that day. Without spot or wrinkle, we love you and praise you, give you all the glory. So we are to be the bride, the bride without spot or wrinkle, and that simply means without sin. That simply means to do his will, which isn't hard. When you fall in love with Jesus and you submit to him, when you surrender to him, then you're just going to want to do as well. When you love someone, you want to please them. If you want to live with him, then of course, we got to let him fit us for heaven, right? We got to fit into the kingdom. We can't go with spots and wrinkles, with sin and, and being tangled up with, um, I like to say, dating other men, having gods before God. Jesus is our groom. And we got to get ready for the wedding. And if we don't get ready for the wedding, then we're not going to be ready and we're not going to be able to go. We're not going to be able to get married. If you don't get ready for your wedding, you can't get married. You got to be ready. And I just, he's just bringing to mind, I had so many warnings and um, one, one warning I had was a dream and in that dream, he was there. He was waiting for me. And I was putzing around doing whatever. I don't know. But he left because I wasn't ready. And we don't want that to happen. You don't want him to close the door like the five foolish virgins. And be knocking at the door and say, Lord, Lord, let me in. And him saying, I was acquainted with you. In other words, you weren't ready. You didn't prepare yourself. The first thing you got to do is fall in love with him. And that is so simple when you take the time to get to know him. If you never did that, then of course you're going to be detached from him. Of course you're not going to recognize him. Because you got to get to know that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And... Once you, get, once you do that, then you learn his way and he recreates you in his likeness. And then you start getting rid of those spots and those wrinkles. And you'll, you'll be that glorious bride. And you just, you know, you're like who you hang out with. You choose that person you like and then you start being like that person, right? Isn't that how it goes? Of course. And so Jesus is making it really clear to us that he wants to make it really clear to us today that his will is his law. His law is what fits us for heaven. His law is that thing that we need to do 
that we need to do to be in his will. And throughout his word, he tells us his law. And the most important thing is to love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, to care about what he cares about. And he cares about us. He is in love with us. He cares about us. He doesn't want it to happen that we would perish. And so he's giving us this revelation knowledge of knowing how to be that bride. James 2.11 says, if you break one law, you break all the law. And so many times people think that, you know, they can pick and choose what they want to do. Well, I like this law, but I don't like that law. So in other words, you're saying to Jesus, I like this part of you, but I don't like that part of you. I'm in agreement with you here, but I'm not here. And so you got to know that that isn't going to work. That isn't going to work with him. Because then what you're doing is saying, you know, I, I, I did on that day. Um, but Lord, I, 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 I did this. I did that. But I didn't do this one thing. I disrespected this one law because I don't think you're right. Is that what you're going to say? I disrespected these couple laws because... I didn't agree with them. I don't think you're right. And so I didn't do them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of my Father. He didn't say some of it. He said all of it. Because either you're going to fall all the way in love with him or you're not. And if you're trying to get away with stuff, then you're, you're not really in love with him. You're not committed to him. And you, you just aren't going to intend. You're not going to be intentional about being right with him. And I just want to say, open the book. Really, when you open the book and you look at him, he is his word. That's your intention. And then next to, he said, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll obey me. And so the next thing to do is you want to obey him, to prove your love for him. Don't your kids kind of do that? Um, some of them, they, they want you, they want your approval. And, um, I think most kids do that. My son does that. And so he does what I tell him to do because he loves me. And Jesus is saying that if you love me, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. If you love me, if you care, if you care that I gave my life for you, if you care what happened that day, you would do what I would tell you, what I'm telling you to do because you would trust that I loved you that much, that I gave my life for you. I laid it down. And so I know best. And that proves really that you love him. And when you when you love him, that means actually you believe in him which matches John 3.16. He gave his son for those who would believe in him. If you believe him, in him, it's not just a phrase. It's not just words. But if you believe him, then you're going to obey him. And so if you break one law, James says, you broke all the law. And so we can't play that game. 
You can't be on the fence. Either you love Jesus, either you're for him or you're against him. And if you're for him, you're going to stress to do his will. You're going to aim to go after, seek after his way of doing and being right. You're going you're gonna to long for him. You're going you're gonna to long to be right with him and want to move in with him that day. You know, some people really want to do the will of the Father. You know, some, some just try to get away with stuff, and they're, they're not wholeheartedly having given Jesus all of their heart. And, um, but some people really want to do the will of the Father, and the enemy comes to try to um, confuse, confuse you. He tries to confuse you, so trying to get you not to do the will of the Father because, of course, he hates you, and he hates the Father. And the only way he can get back at him is to hurt you. And so he is trying to steal God from you. He's trying to steal Jesus from you. He's trying to steal your eternity from you. So it's vital that you have this information that you're not just letting the enemy say, oh, it's okay, you know, it's okay with God that you don't do all his law. No, because if you don't do it all, he's going to say, I didn't know you. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. And many will say, but Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. I did many mighty works in your name. And he's going to say away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It's a warning. It's the truth. It's what you need to know. There's no back and forth. You can't do one thing and not the other. You have to do his full will. You can't bring your sin into the kingdom of heaven. You have to leave it here. It's a choice. Either you choose Jesus or you choose the enemy. And so it, say, say you are confused. You, you have this conviction coming up in your heart, but the enemy is telling you, no, it's okay. You can do that. I just want to direct you. Go to the word of God, and Jesus will confirm his word to you. So, yes, I want to encourage you to go to the word of God, and Jesus will meet you there. When you look there for confirmation as to what he's saying to you, he will confirm his word. And then at that point, that's when the pressure from the enemy comes. Even though now you know the truth, He's going to come and try to get you to think you can't do it. It's too hard. But Jesus, his power living on the inside of you, his power enables you to resist that sin. Submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. He'll take off. He'll run. When you, when you submit to God, when you resist him, and you have the power to do that, He's going to take off. He's going to go somewhere else. He's going to try to find someone else to devour. He roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone he can devour. And when you know this, then he can't devour you. Um, I want to read Matthew 7 to you, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter into the narrow gate, and wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is a way that leads away to destruction, and many are those who are entering into it. And so many get to that place. Well, let's read 14. 
But the gait is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life. And few are those who find it. And so backing up to going to the word and getting that confirmation. Now you know right from wrong, and you want to do that right thing. But that pressure just seems too much. The enemy just makes it seem like too much and that you can't bear it. That's the pressure that happens on the narrow path, on the narrow, through the narrow gate. It's contracted by pressure. He tries really hard to convince you not to do it. It's too scary, or you're going to die, or this, or that, or the other thing. What Jesus is telling you to do takes you through that narrow gate. And there are few, there are few who find it because they give in to that pressure that the enemy puts on them. And the, the pressure is heavy. It's big. But it's not real. And if you press in, if you start asking Jesus to help you to resist, he will. All you really have to do is make the decision. It's not that hard. He's just a voice. And he's a liar. He's a father of lies. He's good at lying. He just makes you think you can't do that. That's impossible. And it's not. Enter in through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are those who are entering into it. And, and that's why you want to take that way. Because, well, everybody else is doing this. This must be the right thing. It must be okay. My church says it's okay. I don't have to be sin-free. And actually, some churches teach that we can't be sin-free. We can't be without sin. But I just want to remind you that Jesus gave his life for you. He redeemed you from sin. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your, your pain. He took on your infirmities. He took on your sin, so you don't have to sin anymore. You have the power in you to not sin, and you're not going to want to sin when you fall in love with Jesus. If you're trying to sin anyway, then you're putting your flesh before him. Just like in the garden, did God really say? He's going to lie to you. And they obeyed their flesh, the enemy, instead of God. They betrayed him. And so when we do that, when we won't stay on that narrow path because everybody else is on the wide path, everybody else is doing this, this must be the thing I'm supposed to do. When you say it, when you, when you go on that wide path, it leads to destruction, right? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and spacious and broad is a way that leads away to destruction, and many are those who are entering through it. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many are on that path that leads to destruction. You're not going to have a lot of company. You're going to be alone with Jesus, but you're going to be doing the right thing, and you're going to have eternal life they're not. This is a prophecy. This is what's going to happen. Few are those who find it. Few are those who find that narrow path because they keep giving in. They keep letting go. They keep letting the enemy control them, scare them, be their God. 
And so get on that narrow path. The pressure, it's going to come. But when you make that decision, it's going to alleviate the pressure. The enemy is going to give up. You have Jesus on the inside of you. Stronger. He's stronger. He's more powerful. No foe can withstand him. And all you have to do is say, help me, Jesus. I want to do what you're saying, telling me to do. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Resist the enemy and he'll flee. Say, I resist you. I'm not giving in. I'm not going to be afraid. I refuse to do it your way. I'm doing it my way. I mean, I'm doing it Jesus' way. Which is your way? My way. I'm going to do it Jesus' way. I'm not giving in to you. You can't scare me. When you know the word of God and you know the truth, you can depend on it. Um, in Romans, Romans 10, 11, it says, you'll never be disappointed when you trust God. And it seems like sometimes you're walking out on the water, but he won't disappoint you. He'll always be there for you. He's never let me down. Have faith in him. Get ready. He's coming. Do his will. It's vital. He's making it so clear to us that if we don't do his will, we're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's not just a prayer that you pray. You don't just pray. Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart. Revelation 3.20 says, he's knocking at the door of your heart, and he'll come and live on the inside of you if you heed his voice. And so you have to heed his voice. He's going to make his will known to you because he wants you to move in with him. The earth is going to burn. you got to find somewhere to go. But the book is his will, so you got to know the book so you can live in his will. And then ask him to correct you, Revelation 3.19. He said he corrects those he loves. I'm asking him to correct me all the time. All the time. Because I don't want to be on that day thinking that I'm okay with him and I'm not. I don't want to be thinking that. And then find out that or hear him stay away from me, I never knew you. I don't want to be deceived. I'm going to read to you James 2, 11, 2, 10 and 11. Whoever keeps the law as a whole but stumbles and offends in one single instance has become guilty of breaking all of it. For who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not kill. If you, do, if you do not commit adultery, but do kill, you become guilty of transgressing all the law. And those are just a few examples. So we have to do all the law, and the law is here, and the law is as well. And so I want to encourage you to know the Word of God. Get to know it and walk in it, and then Jesus will manifest himself to you. Commit to him. The time is short. And he's warning us so that we're going to be able to stand before him without sin, without spots and wrinkles. Beautiful, prepared for our groom.
let's pray. Let's pray. Ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you if you never have. And otherwise, just let, let's just pray and recommit. If you feel a tug at your heart that there's something that you're, you're not right with Jesus with, let's pray and ask him to help you to resist that right now. Let's pray. Jesus, we're asking you to come and live on the inside of us. We're willing to heed your voice, to do your will, not our own. But we need your help. We thank you and praise you that you would help us. We love you. We adore you. And we want to do your will. We want to do your will, Lord. We understand it's not just a prayer and then we walk off, but it's a commitment and we commit to you. And for those of you, those of you who need to recommit, recommit now, say, Jesus, I recommit to you. I realize you're showing me my son, and I need you to help me get rid of it. Because you mean more to me than that, whatever that is. Help me to see the wiles of the enemy and to resist him. I'm drawing near to you, Lord. I commit to you. Jesus. If that was your prayer, I'm so excited for you. I'd love it if you let me know. And yeah, I mean, we can live sin free. Don't let the enemy tell you any different. Don't let anyone tell you other than what the word says. And lots of people are going to tell you, oh, that's trying to, you know, do a work. And it is really um, sometimes a work to resist the enemy. But when you live sin-free, you're just proving that Jesus lives on the inside of you. You're just showing the fruits of the Spirit. You're proving that he's in there. And if Jesus lives on the inside of you, then why would you sin? How could you sin? Right? He's on the inside of you. He's everything you need. You don't need to sin. He set you free. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you.